morning, Church of Omaha. I'm uh, thankful to be here in the house of the Lord. Um, right off the top, I just want to give a shout out to Bishop and First Lady there in Maine. They're having a great time with family, but we will be excited to have them back. Um, I'd like to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, and then we're also going to hang out in the book of Philippians today. Philippians chapter 4. chapter 4. Luke chapter 17 verse 15 says, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, and with a loud voice glorified God, and fell down on his face and at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And then in Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, it says, verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Lord Jesus, speak to us today. God, let's hear from your word. God, Preach to your people, Lord. Preach and speak into our hearts. Let us have revelation, Lord, and understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it is, I guess, not the day after Thanksgiving, but it's the Sunday after Thanksgiving. And um, Thanksgiving is, I always say, it's my favorite holiday. I, I, uh, uh, I like the theme of it. I like the purpose of it. I like sitting down and eating food. It's always good. Um, but it falls right there in the midst of a, you know, we have our, uh, I'll call it our harvest party in October, but you, have, you, have, you come right in, you've, we've come out of summer, you've hit the school year, you're rolling. Uh, for me, I get Veterans Day off, and I just see, I see this fall time of year, and you hit Thanksgiving, and then you hit Christmas, and you hit New Year's, and it's just this holiday theme, um, and a lot gets packed together. I find the this time of year to be very busy. Am I the only one? Yeah. Do some of you are like, man, I'm a little exhausted out by it all. And <laughs> maybe your pocketbook is a little <laughs> exhausted out by it all. Um, but it all comes back to Turkey. It all comes back to Turkey. And that's what I want to talk about today. It all comes back to Turkey. Um, in the book of Luke here, we see that Jesus, it says in verse 11, it says, And it came, by as, or came to pass as he went to Jerusalem and passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, he entered into a certain village, and there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off and lifted up their voice and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And he told them, he said, when he saw them, he said unto them, Go and show thyself unto the priests. And so we have these lepers, they're outside the city like they're supposed to be. They're standing far away from the people, like they're supposed to be. They would have had their robes on and their identity that said, I'm a leper, stay away from me. I'm unclean, I'm dirty. 
has anybody ever felt like that? I, I felt that way at the start of coronavirus. We showed up and we had our masks on and you weren't supposed to touch anybody and you weren't supposed to shake hands and everybody's elbowing it off. And, and suddenly, and I'd walk into Walmart and you'd hear somebody cough on the other side of the aisle and you're like, oh, I wonder if that cloud of COVID is going to come over and it's going to land on me and I'm, I'm going to be unclean. And, and I looked at everyone else and it almost felt like, no offense, but they're diseased. <laughs> and, but yet they're looking at me and I felt like they're looking at me thinking, I'm diseased. You might be the one that's going to end my life right now. And I know that um, in many different lives, some of you have gone through some deaths, and I think all of us have been touched by someone that we know that died of coronavirus. So I don't want to make light of it in that sense, but that feeling made me think quite often of leprosy. Suddenly all my friends and everybody I was connected with were now separated, and, it, and I can't just come up and just talk to you anymore, and, and, and I'm covering my face up so I can't see you. And my mind would go back to, is this what it felt just a little bit, just a little bit? Like these guys that were out there and they no longer could converse with you. They couldn't connect with you. They had it much worse. They couldn't go back to their homes and their families and, and connect and be with their children. In fact, leprosy is like sin. And it's as if you're, you're alive, but you're dead. And your life is pretty much over. So when I think of leprosy, I also think of sin. And you know, sin, now we've all done different sins and done things and and I say we all maybe I shouldn't say that you've sinned never right but uh, since being filled with the Holy Ghost and, and Jesus filling my saving my soul and um, make me making a commitment to live for him I've not done everything right so maybe you have I have not and I've had to go back and say God I'm sorry and I realized that in some of those things that I did wrong, Trevor, I didn't hurt anybody that I knew of. Um, I didn't tear my family up that I knew of. And so not every sin or everything I would do wrong has some big apparent effect of destroying my family. But when you play around with sin, and that sin can be everything from you delve off into pornography or gambling to you end up having an anger issue where it consumes you and how you treat people. You might get a pride issue where you're like, man, people ought to take a little bit of no to me. You might get a bitter thing going on. You know, um, you may have one of those uh, problems that's all too common where you're like, well, I haven't had conviction over that. And you're like, man, I never once saw in here, do not steal says, do not have conviction over that. You know, I don't need conviction. You know, don't make any other idols, right? I don't need conviction by God to say, hey, I meant what I said there. There's a whole lot in this book, and, and I don't need conviction for it. I didn't need conviction to tell me that I, sin was bad. I was like, that was an understanding. My parents had taught me doing wrong was bad. So you might be in that spot where you're like, well, I'm not convicted by that. You know what? Just get a hold of the word and get a hold of love and say, God... What is it that you want? I want to be who you want me to be. And when you fall in love with him and you come from a place of love, then this whole relationship thing, instead of you trying to see what you can get away with, it's saying, what can I do for you, God? And I want you to know God's been looking at you, and you may not always feel it this way, but he's saying, hey, I want to do for you. 
It's called grace. It's called His mercy. That, that's, a, that's not just a feeling God has. It's an action. He's looking out for you. You know, even it's His grace that when we go through struggle, when we go through hardship, that God is working us and building us. Man, the exciting thing about His salvation, you know what it is? When you are filled with His Spirit and you've repented of your sins and you've been baptized in His name and you've made a commitment to live for God, your life situations are no longer have to be subject to randomness and circumstance. Now, I know time and chance happens to us all, but I can take any of those things, including time and chance, and I can come back to Jesus and I can say, I need to give this to you. Because the food that I eat and the bills that I pay, they belong to Him. My house belongs to Him. He lives in this temple. This is His body. Any disease or sickness that I get, that, that belongs to Him. And so when you step back and you say, God, I need you to move here, you're trusting Him with it. And so it's no longer subject to time or chance. You're no longer at the whims of the enemy that would like to, to come in and rock your life. So we come to this passage in Luke chapter 17. And we have these lepers and they're, they're standing out there and they're crying out. And, and they see Jesus and they, they, they want Him to, to touch Him and to heal Him. And so He tells them, go show yourself to the priest. Now that right there required faith on their part. Brother Kennedy, when he said go show yourself to the priest, and they would have examined their condition, it doesn't have any indication here that says they were healed in that moment. That It just was they had to follow the command of God. And all ten of those men looked at Jesus and they said, they understood, you can heal me. And I want you to have an understanding that God can take care of your problem, your sickness, your struggle. God, you can do it. And so he gave them a command. He said, hey, go show yourself to the priest. You know, I'd be a little bit like if, if uh, you said, man, God, I've struggled with sin. And the preacher gets up and he says, read you the word. And it's repent. Repent and be baptized, Peter, right? Re repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. They had asked him, they had said, what must we do to be saved? And he gave them a command. And so... In faith, they followed through with it. All ten men turned and they began walking. And they began heading that way to the priest. They, they were following. He was telling them to follow the instructions of the Old Testament. When you have been healed of leprosy, you go show yourself to the priest. When it's no longer an issue, you let him examine you. And you, you'll have the uh, marks of, of what leprosy did to your life on you. But you can now begin to move on with life. Begin to move on with life. And... Um, and it's, it's a bit like sin, right? When you come to God and you, you stop sinning, when you stop sinning, you get to move on with life. But sometimes you still bear in your family and in your body the marks of sin. I want to jump back just a second there on leprosy. I talk, told you it's a little bit like sin and not every sin that you do has some great impact. But again, if you play around with sin, you will destroy yourself, you will destroy your family, you will destroy your career, and you may think you have the most successful career in the world, but you would have walked all over people. 
And you'll look back and you'll think, what did I do? So I just want to urge somebody today. You need to stop sinning. Don't become consumed by sin. You know, you say, well, that little thing, that didn't matter. This didn't matter. I get that. But when you play around with fire, you will get burned. So stop playing around with sin. Because like leprosy, it will leave its marks on your life. And these ten men, they headed back. They would have had the marks. But it says, as they came to pass, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, that when he saw he was healed, turned back. And with a loud voice glorified God. And he was, and he was a Samaritan. What does that mean? He was like the half-breed dude. He was the guy that's like, eh, we'll let you hang out with our group because I guess we all have leprosy here, but even there, I'm a Jew. I'm a full-blooded Jew, and you're, you don't really belong over here. The Samaritans, they didn't worship in Jerusalem. I thought about this. Why was he going to, to go see the priest? You know, you, you, uh, you can learn from the lady at the well. She's like, we worship here. We don't go down to Jerusalem to worship. We don't go see the priest. You guys do that. But yet this Samaritan, he was making his way there because he was going to get his healing too. And when he saw that he had been healed, he turned. And I see that he recognizes, whether it was a distinct thought, but it was in his action. Jesus is the high priest. And wait a second, my life has been changed. It wasn't changed by this priest I'm going to see here in Jerusalem. I know that. But you gave me a command. And I set out on a journey to follow through with it. Oh, but you, I've got to come back to you, Jesus. And I just got to tell you, thank you. I need you to understand that I know that you healed me. That you did this work in my life. And, and you know what? It's not about my sickness. But it's about what you did for me. And I just want to give you my allegiance. And he fell down at his feet. And he began to thank Jesus. He began to thank Jesus. He began to thank him. So I want to flip over, and we're going to touch back in that story again. But Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. We see here in verse 6, it says, Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. That's the tie-in that we have here with this Samaritan, was this thanksgiving. Paul writes here and he says, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. When I look at this passage, this distinct passage, I have it lined out between verses 4 through verse 7. It all goes together and and Paul starts out here and he says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. And so as we make our journey towards thanksgiving, I, I want to highlight these words in here and rejoice. Rejoice. I, I struggle with the word joy a little bit. Like, joy is not happiness, because happiness is circumstance. But then what's joy? Because I think I'm happy. <laughs> wait, wait, it's not happiness. And we talk about joy in the middle of your struggle. I'm like, well, I wasn't feeling too happy in the middle of my struggle. Wait, joy is not happiness, right? It's, does anybody else struggle with joy? I mean, just the, the, the concept of it. Um, and so, again, I've looked into it, and I've spoke over the pulpit about it, but I was looking again at it, this rejoice. And 
And I read some things, and it was to delight in God's grace, to experience God's favor, to be conscious of His grace. Well, what's His grace? And His grace is His love towards you. It's, it's, it's comparable in the Old Testament to, to like His mercy and to Hesed. It's Him leaning towards you. But it's not just God saying, oh, man, I, you know what, Trevor, I really... I love you, and I just want the best for you. Yeah, I do. And Trevor's like, yeah, I can't pay my bills. Oh, I wish you could pay your bills. You know, and I really, man, well, me and Tabitha were fighting. We've never fought before, but today we actually did this thing called fighting. And, and man, I really hate that for you. That's not how God does it. I'll say that to him. And he'll say, well, thanks for caring about me. No, God's like, mm, what can I do? You know what? I'm going to work in your heart, and I'm going to show you some things, and and. Um, I'm going to work in Tabitha's heart, and I'm going to show her some things, and, and, and I'm going to pull them back together. And, and you know what God does in His grace? He, he'll make you run into each other. Has anybody ever gone to the store at a, quote, random moment and ran into a person that you hadn't seen for a really long time? And you're like, wait, I needed to encounter them, and we needed to work out a situation. And you discovered that God began to repair some stuff that, that um, you didn't think could be repaired? That's His grace. He's actively working in your life to make things happen. He's not just saying, wow, you're a nice person and I just wish the best for you. No, His grace, His love. And ultimately, it's His love on the cross, His leaning towards you that says, you know what? You've got sin and you've got stains in your life, but I'm going to take those things. I'm going to do something about your sin. It's His love. It's... It's not just God caring, but it's His action in your life. And so when we rejoice in the Lord always, what, what, what can we be doing here? We can have an understanding that God cares about me. He's right here with me, even in the middle of my problem. And He's doing something about it. And while as I don't understand why I'm going through this, and I don't really know why it doesn't feel like He's here... I'm going to let the circumstance, the problem, the enemy, the situation, I'm going to let myself know that God is in control and he cares and he's right here. And that's worship. And that man, when he came back to the feet of Jesus, was saying, I'm going to take everything I have in life and I'm bringing it right back to the feet of Jesus. And what begins to happen there is you elevate Jesus over your problem. You elevate him over your leprosy. You elevate him over your sin. You elevate him over your marriage. You know what you do? You elevate him over the victory. Oh, we must elevate Jesus over the blessings that he gives us. When he heals your body, it's not enough just to be like, I'm healed, I'm healed. You need to come back to Jesus and you need to say, Thank you, Jesus. And when you talk to somebody else, you need to say, Oh, Jesus was kind to me. Jesus healed my body. But don't just rejoice in the healing. Rejoice in the healer. Give the healer glory. Oh, rejoicing is in the struggle. Because rejoicing in the struggle is understanding that God, you're with me even when I don't feel you. Even when I don't see you, you're working. Rejoice. It says, let your moderation be known unto all men. Now this is out of the King James Version. and 
I purposefully picked the King James Version today and thought about this word moderation because I think of moderation as having balance. So when I read this, I'm like, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. Okay, I live a balanced life. I have some peas and I have some meat and I, right? I have the four food groups. The four, the four food groups. Um, the four food groups. That's not what that's talking about here. In fact, other translations maybe, maybe even captured a little bit better, but they hit on the word gentleness, kindness to one another. Some of the readings that I did on this word, I, I even saw it in light of the law, because as a Jew, you were strict by the law. And, and you were like, you, it, the law says to do this, and you must do this. And yes, when you violate the law, the law shows you that you sinned. And so these, these people would come along, these Jewish people that were ground in the law, and they would, they would look at folks and they, would, they had taken it down to even washing your hands, you know, and they would taken it way farther than it should be. But that can also lead to a cold-cut callousness. Is anybody out there? I know I've asked you guys a lot of questions today. But have you personally ever struggled with, that was wrong, <laughs> they're out of the game. I, I watch my kids play. And they start the game. They just get started. And it has to be Finn because he's six. So, you know, they're throwing the ball around. I don't know what game we want to come up with, but we're going to pass the ball around. Maybe it's hot potato. Or maybe you, we're going to keep the ball in the air. And if you drop it, then you're out. And so they're five seconds in, the ball comes to Finn. He drops it. What? I'm already out of the game. And all the older kids are like, you're out. The rules are the rules. And he's balling and he's up the stairs. And, and I'm like, hold on, guys. Is that how I played the game with you? Is that what I did? Or did we not say, hold on, <laughs> you're still in the game for a little bit. You know, we're, we're going to give you another chance at this. This is what we're talking about here. You can either come to somebody. Now, God is the one who forgives sins. And he's the one who gives judgment. That's not you. And you don't need to be the flag caller, the rule bearer out there saying, hold on, hold on, Isaac sinned over here. Look at him. Yep, yep, right there, right there. He's got a wrinkle in his shirt. I don't know if you do or not. It's black. I can't tell from right up here. Don't examine his clothes later. Okay. You, your gentleness, instead of being like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, they always say the wrong thing, and I'm going to call them out on it. No. What does he say here? Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. We don't have time to pick at each other, to poke, to see every little dirt mark, and to say, well, you didn't get your shoes quite right. <laughs> I'll give you another story there. I had to drive a three-star general one day. Pretty big deal, right? So I got to drive the three-star general. So I'm going with the colonel to drive the three-star general. And I have my best shoes, which ain't necessarily that great. Please don't examine my shoes today. And I walk up to meet the colonel, and he walks by, and he looks. Your shoes. They, did you shine those shoes? I'm down the hallway as rapid as I can. I asked him, do you have polish? Do you have polish? I'm polishing my shoes because he's like, hmm, what's up with your shoes? And we get on the elevator, and, and I'm trying to be respectful. And he's like, did you get this? Did you get that? I'm like, yes, sir, yes, sir. He's like, speak up, speak up. 
In the private sector, that might be being quiet, might and deferential, that might be respectful. But in the military, that's being a sissy. <laughs> I'm like, yes, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> Everything I did, I felt like it was wrong. He both hands on the steering wheel. Yes, sir, yes, sir. I've never drone so awkward and weird in my life. Boy, when he got out of the car and it was just me and the three-star, I was like, how you doing, sir? <laughs> but yeah, that, that whole everything you're doing, pick, pick, eyes are on me. No, the Lord is at hand. The king is coming and he matters. I don't need to be worried about what my brother and sister is picking at. I need to be like, I need to know more about Jesus. And you can either be that one that I fear all the time, or you can be the one who's building me up and strengthening me. And together we're headed towards the kingdom. Oh, you can be somebody who comes down before Jesus and says, well, they always do it wrong. And why do they always seem to get away with this? Or you can be like, Lord, have mercy on them and help them. God, I don't want their soul to be lost because the Lord is at hand. Not only is the Lord coming back. You say, well, they wrote this all these years ago. But as we talked previously, or maybe it was Wednesday, but in the, the age to come is already, we get a little piece of that right now. And so while you're standing there picking, and you're fighting, and you're fussing, the presence of Jesus Christ is living in your heart, and He is right here, and he, he, He's touching you, and He's had grace on you, and He's moving, and He's watching everything that you're doing. And so if Jesus loves them and cares about them, and He was living in their heart, or wants to live in their heart too, then shouldn't you try to look at them the way Jesus is wanting to look at them? So let your moderation be gentle. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. And so we move on down through the passage here. Rejoice in the Lord always. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer. It says be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. Now... This also can be read in some passages as be anxious for nothing. This be careful for nothing. I, I liked this when I looked into it because I see a juxtaposition. That's a big word right there for me, juxtaposition. Um, but when you look at this be anxious for nothing, it's called anxiety. It's called being worried. And it literally is to be divided up. Has anybody ever wanted to have, maybe it's a good Christmas, a good Thanksgiving, and yet you're trying to have a good time, and back here you're like, mm. <laughs> I wonder if they're going to, what, what about my problem over here? How is that going to work out? You're worried about it. You're stressed out. Or, or, or you're going to get together, and, and I think I heard some stories preceding Thanksgiving of, oh, we're going to have it out here. Did you see what they posted on Facebook? I totally disagreed with that. Now's my opportunity. We get to lay it out there. You know, and, but you've got yourself and you're, you're, you've got, well, I love this thing here and I want to have a good time, but I got this problem over here. And, and you're kind of spun up and a little worked up and, and you're just, you're split apart. You're divided up. You want to have a good time at the birthday party. People are asking you, is everything okay? Yeah, yeah, everything's fine. But your brain's here and your brain's there 
and it's back there. And it can be tied up with hurt. It can be tied up with paying a bill. It can be tied up with the fight you just had with your spouse. It can be tied up with what's going on in the job. It can be, some of you might be tied up lately with, uh, you know, I wasn't wanting to get vaccinated. And they're talking about firing me. How is this going to work out? And you're all torn apart by, well, should I follow through with it? Shouldn't I follow through with it? you got a lot of stress going on. Maybe somebody's sick. And he says, don't get all divided up. Be careful for nothing. Really? This divided up, this split apartness, it's the opposite of peace. Because peace means complete or whole. It's all the pieces of the pie are still in the pie. You know, nobody brought over the dessert and it was already half eaten. Nobody said, hey, you know, I'm coming over to the party today. Here, here's what I brought. And you're like, was you at the party before this? No, no, we were just hungry before we got here. Just, it was so good. I knew a guy one time, he had surgery. So his co-workers all brought him in a box of chocolates. But then they decided the chocolates were probably bad for him. So they ate the chocolates and gave him the box. That's not what we were looking for. We want peace. We want everything. We want to be put together. And that's why we're seeking Jesus. I need you to make me whole. That leper right there, the lepers were headed back. And God healed them and He touched them. But when the one came back and worshipped, oh, God made him whole. He restored him. He put everything back together. That's what he wanted. He was, he, he was wanting everything that Jesus had. And he couldn't be complete by just going and seeing another priest. He couldn't be totally complete. It's going back to that sin thing. Sin can make leaves its mark sometimes on your family. But I have seen the miraculous power of Jesus Christ. Oh, when you get in with Him, you will see Him heal and restore things that you didn't think could ever be restored. He heals the marks of leprosy. He makes minds right that were destroyed by drugs. He puts back relationships that you never thought could be put together. He brings healing and forgiveness in your heart that you didn't know was imaginable. That's what God does. He puts you back together. But we have this worry and this anxiety and we have this stress and we have it going on over here and we're split apart. And verse 7 says, And the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. But verse 6 says, Be careful for nothing. I'm split apart. But the peace of God. I'm split apart. But the peace of God. And sandwiched in the middle, I have, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So why would I say it all comes back to Turkey? It's because Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. But if you go into the stores, you will see Christmas coming in even as the Halloween costumes are going out. And yeah, they have some Thanksgiving plates over here. And there's a pile of turkeys over in the freezer section, but we can have turkey at, thanks- at Christmas as well. And, and so they do get their mon- some money off of Thanksgiving. But really, get me to the toys. I need to do a dead sprint in the holiday season to get right over here to Christmas. And hanging back here at the end of November is my turkey. And I love that holiday. And yet society wants me to get to Christmas. 
And so what I see here sandwiched in the middle between my stressed out, divided, worried life and my peace is this thing called thanksgiving. See, what I want to do is I want to be like those nine lepers. I want to say, hey, Jesus, I have a problem. You know, I'm my kids making the Christmas list out, right? Uh, I, 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 I suppose that's problems for them. I don't have this toy, and I don't have that toy. And, and I would like the microscope, and I would like the telescope. And um, I, this is my list, and, and so we come with prayer, and prayer is, make, is your wish list. It's that, hey, God, we need this, and we need help there, and we need this. And, and, and then we have supplication. Supplication is, is that felt need, that personal, that urgency. You're like, God, you need to move. Boy, those lepers over there, I hope they weren't saying, hey, if you have some healing out there for leprosy, we wouldn't mind that over here. I'm sure they were like, Jesus! They were in supplication mode. Hear me! I need help. You know, you'll go ahead and put by your embarrassment. People, shut up. Be quiet. Hey, stay away. He's not allowed to visit with lepers. What do you think you're doing? Are you ridiculous? Healing? That's not a scientific proven thing, right? No, we can't do that. Uh, uh, what, what are you doing, man? Jesus! You're, you're, making, you're making a fool of yourselves. No, I don't care. Uh, Everybody's going to know that you sinned because you prayed really hard at the altar. Oh, my goodness. What did you do? You, why is he crying so hard? We all better pray for him. Uh, Lord, give me some spiritual insight so I can tell him what it was, you know. And you're like, hmm, well, I didn't get anything. So I'm just going to whisper in your ear something, right? Um, please don't think I do that to you. <laughs> but... but you know, you're, you're down there, and you're, and don't worry about what people think. I need Jesus. I need him to change my life. I need his deliverance. Right now, I'm all split apart. You know what's great about supplication? Because you thought that you needed to follow the song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Okay? That's not how you get to peace. How you get to being divided up by worry is you take worry... And you walk over here to Jesus and you say, look at all my divided up, messed up, fallen apart in pieces life. See it, Jesus. I need you to move. But it all comes back to Turkey. It all comes back to thanksgiving. Why? Because he says, with your prayer and with your supplication, thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Oh, we have often let out of the pit, left out off the picture. God, I want to thank you for being in my life. It gets that grace put back in there in the middle of your problem. Jesus, I know that you're my hope and you're my salvation. Jesus, I know that you care about me even while I'm sick. And Jesus, I know even if you don't heal me, that you're still with me and that I have eternal hope and salvation in you. Jesus, the things that I can't take care of, I know that those things are in your hands. And the things I can take care of, those are in your hands too. Jesus, I worship you. You know what it is? It's also saying, God, and, and sometimes i got to get creative with this. God, thank you. That you're teaching me patience when that person was a jerk to me. <laughs> it's giving him thanks in all things. 
Jesus, you know, I'm thankful that when I didn't manage my money quite right, that you didn't just say, wow, he's no good. Let me be done with him. (laughs) But God, thank you that you have it. And thank you for providing for me. And thank you, Lord, for for always meeting my needs and my wants and, and helping me out. It's thanking Him when you get the bad news and say, Jesus, I don't know how we're going to get through this, but I know that you've got me. And I just want you to know I'm just thanking you. Sometimes Thanksgiving, you need to just stop asking Him and just thank Him. Thank Him. You can do that two ways. You can thank Him for His greatness, but then you can also take that problem and you can say, God, I want to thank you for being my provision. And I want to thank you for being my healer. And I want to thank you for your deliverance. Go ahead and thank him. With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Can we go ahead and stand to our feet? Because how do we get, how do we get to that peace, that completeness, that wholeness? How do we go from worry and stress to knowing in the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds. Picture Paul when he's in the middle of prison. We don't have, we, the prison doors haven't been shook. Now I know we have the prison doors shook. So let's, let's go to one where he's sitting in Rome in prison, okay? Paul, why are you okay in this house? Why are you okay in this struggle? What, where, where's God at in all of this? You... I don't understand, Paul, why you can have your head held high. How does Paul have his head held high? It's because when I was stressed out and I was all worried and I was torn apart, I went to God with it. And then I said, okay, now I've told him all about it. Now I'm just going to thank him. I'm just going to come to his feet and I'm going to give him love and worship and I'm going to put him in his proper place. He's going to be God over my victory and over my problem. And when you do that, all those things will get put together. And the peace of God, that completeness and wholeness, that passes all understanding, will keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Can we begin to love Him and thank Him right now? I love you, Jesus. Thank you for your greatness. Thank you for your mercy. Oh God, in my anxiousness to get to victory, I don't want to pass over thanksgiving. I don't want to jump past thanksgiving, oh God. I don't want to just say, oh, they're good. I got my healing. I got my Christmas present and move on. But I want to give you glory. Oh, I want to return to thanksgiving. I want to return to worship. Oh, you are the God that created us. You made all things. Oh God, we're the the workmanship of your hands. And our life is in your hands. And our, our needs are in your hands. And our joy is in your hands. Oh God, we rejoice in your grace. We rejoice in your hope and your salvation. We rejoice in that you're coming back. We rejoice in the mercy that you've had on us. Oh God, and that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So in this second half, can you return to Thanksgiving as you begin to worship God? Come back in here at 1120 and God bless you. And